guys, it's Britt Dowd, and welcome to the Lawn Care Leaders Podcast, where every week we bring you episodes to positively and intentionally impact not only your business, but your leadership, communication, and personal life. Yes, we talk about mowers, fertilizer, and irrigation, but we put an emphasis on growing you as a leader and growing your business skills. We do this through interviews with other small business owners, growth segments where we dive deep on a micro business topic, and documented episodes from our own seven-figure business, Green Again Lawn. All right, lawn care leaders, turn your headphones up. It's time to get back at it. Hey, before we hop into this episode, just wanted to give you guys a heads up. This is an Instagram live that I did with my buddy, Steven Martinez. Really, really great dude. Fun chat. Had some questions for us uh, over DM on Instagram. And he was free. I was free. So we just decided to hop on a, on a live chat. We took, I think, a couple listener questions um, in the comment feed. And then after that, he just had told his story, what he was going through, and we talked some stuff out. So hope you guys enjoy this episode. What's up? Awesome. Not a whole lot, bro. What about you? Oh, just just hanging out, man. Just hanging out. We've uh, wrapped up a lot of our winterizer applications, so we're out here uh, just pumping out content, doing some podcasts, hanging out with people like you, man. What's up? Yeah, man. I uh, I found you guys uh, actually hanging out by myself outside of cutting the grass, so I'm really, really happy that I get to talk to you. That's I cool. Was, uh, yeah, man, I was listening to your podcast. Like, man, I wonder if this guy will actually respond if I send him a message. Oh when respond, man, when you responded, I was like, oh, that's dope. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> We're not that big, bro. We've only we've only got a couple people around us, so we we respond to everybody, and uh, that's that's my favorite part about all this is hanging out with you guys and chatting and seeing what's going on. Oh man, so yeah. so literally, why don't you? So guys, if you're just now hopping onto live, this is. Steven Martinez III, literally just met him on here the other day, um, starting his own business. So I thought it would be cool to get him on here and chat with him, see what was going on. And it's always nice to get somebody right at the starting gate because oftentimes we forget how hard it is or how many different things we have to do. So Steven, introduce yourself to everybody and then we can chat about what you got going on and I can answer any questions or maybe even some people in our and our uh, audience or some of the people that are live with us now can answer some as well. Okay, cool. Uh, my name is Steven Martinez. Um, I live just south of Miami, Florida, uh, in this town called Homestead. We're about 40 minutes south. We're right before you get to the Keys. So we're about like almost the last stop on the way out of the continent. Mm, so, that's a rough life, bro. That's real nice. Welcome you know, we, to Miami. What's the, what's, the, right. what's the temperature there right now? Right now it's sweater weather. The first time in a long time, it's like sixty-five degrees. <laughs> ah, sweater weather, bro. I think it's like forty degrees outside, and I just wore. I walked out in like a t-shirt and some like chino oh, pants. Oh yeah, no, that doesn't happen out here. Forty degrees. Everyone's wearing serious jackets, bro. Oh no, I'd uh, have I'd have my shirt off. Sixty degrees by the keys. Yeah. No, I thought the same thing. <laughs> I originally grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada, so it's pretty cold out there. And then we moved to Phoenix, Arizona, and it's actually pretty cold in the desert. And yeah. then I Texas after that, and then I ended up out here, so I'm just going further and further south. And this is like subtropical weather. Uh, so when it's like 
60 degrees, it feels pretty cold, you you're know. Get, but, you're getting spoiled, bro. You're getting spoiled. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Um, so I've lived out here for about five years, almost five years this May. Yep. I got married. I got married a year ago, or going to be a year. Uh, New Year's Eve will be a year for my wife and I. Congrats. Um, so you guys got married I, on New Year's Eve, or you proposed on New Year's? We got married on New Year's Eve. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, and it was really cool. So we wanted it to be uh, easy to have an anniversary, which I found out is not on New Year's Eve. So it's, <laughs> it was a bad idea, but it was really cool. So uh, I think the that's, idea. I think that's smart. So, it's easy, easy to remember. Yeah, but it's like hard because like we got to, I got to try to find a place to have fireworks, and it's it's a whole deal. But it's pretty cool, you know. Um, where was I going? Yeah, so we got married a year ago, or going to be a year. Uh, I, right now, I'm a you would call like a caretaker on a property. I work for rent. Yeah. So I live for free. Um, I right now I'm taking care of about eight acres on my own. It's got almost a hundred trees on here: mango trees, avocado trees. Uh, papayas. It's got all kinds of stuff. I also work on a lychee farm down the street from here, taking care of like 200 something trees. And uh, just one day I decided like, hey, I'm just going to go in for business for myself because I kept getting compliments about my work. And I've been doing it since I was a kid in Arizona. Uh, I used to run equipment with my dad. I did pipe fitting. So I'm not really afraid of getting out there and getting my hands dirty. Uh, but what I recognized is people noticed that. And then I was working, a real, I'm working really hard and not making enough. Yeah, and so okay, I got I got to figure this out. Uh, so it kind of just happened naturally. I really love being outside. Um, my schedule is really busy because I'm also a full time student, and I got this will be my lawn care business, my third job or my fourth job. Hmm. So all my jobs are part time. So everything kind of just pieces together. And yeah. then I work I work with the church as a church planner. So we're always running around. Uh, but being outside, I really really love it. Yeah. Um, my wife's really encouraging me. She's a teacher. And so uh, right now we're actually quarantined because we got exposed to coronavirus and I can't taste anything. So like my black coffee doesn't taste good right now. Uh -oh. so it's, yeah, but it's really cool because I'm able to pay attention to all kinds of stuff. What made a lot of, it rose a lot of questions in my mind about aeration, feeding, soil, uh, oh. maybe think about my business, uh, about what I'm doing, even though I've only been in business for a month. Yep. Uh, I'm, yep. I'm always um, in competition with myself, really just trying to be the best I can be. That's cool, so, man. That's cool. Yeah. Gives you gives you a little more margin in your schedule where you can maybe hash out some more plans for, for next year and where you want to go with everything. That's crazy. Sorry, but don't be don't be giving me COVID through the phone. That's what they're saying now. You can catch it through IG Live. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. So you literally just started this business. But you've been you've been in some sort of labor job, tree work, outdoor. Like you you've been outdoors working your whole life. You're just now yeah. taking the leap to run your own thing. So, yeah. like, what are you what are you thinking about right now? What are your main concerns? What are you going through? Well, right now, so um, I really I really wanted to get into just lawn maintenance. Okay. And what ended up was is a lot of people. Um, they just started asking me, Hey, can you come and install this? Can you remove that? So I'm indirectly getting involved really, in, I guess, into landscaping, you call it like hardscaping, like pulling stuff out, putting stuff in. Okay. Um, my real desire, honestly, is to get a good lawn care business. And, uh, out here, there's not really a season. Like 
there's a little season, but all year is the season at that. There's no winter season, I guess is my point. Yeah. Like yeah. right now, the grass is growing a little slower, but you still got to cut it because the grass isn't stopped. Yeah. Um, so I'm really looking to get into lawn care. And I'm also looking into getting tree work like I'm doing like really, really well, get really good at it because the hurricanes are constantly blowing through. And if there's a hurricane on the outer rim, we get, you know, um, tropical storms. So a lot of trees fall. Yeah. And so there's a lot of tree work available um, and a lot of lawn care. So I'm really trying to focus on that for now. And then I want to, I want it to grow naturally because uh, the reality is that since I'm in mission work, I'm constantly moving. So like eventually I'll move to Arizona one day, we'll go back. Mm-hmm. And I'll kind of settle there. So my plan really is to um, grow a brand while I'm out here, grow a business, um, learn the ropes, and then eventually move over there yep. um, with my brothers. Like I was talking to my younger brother, and he's already got like 10 yards over in Arizona. So we might try to do something together from okay. Florida to Arizona. Okay. So, mm-hmm. Well, with that in mind, you, you really, really need to focus on your brand. You need to make sure that you have um, – good good brand recognition and you need to start making sure that you had have repeatable cash flow because what you don't want to do is spend a year two years three years building this thing up and then have nothing to show for it so when you bounce back to arizona it would be nice to have a steady book of business that has trackable cash flow some equipment and an actual client list that you can hand off to somebody you i mean you're not it's not like you're going to get rich off of it, but it's going to give you a leg up when you go to Arizona. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And that's actually the goal is, um, I was thinking about getting to the point where I can have, um, two crews over here yep. and then sell my, one of my, my crew equipment, like the whole setup with the clients and then taking all my other equipment with me to yep. Arizona. That was kind of the plan. That would be good. Um, yep. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that's a reality because I know time is, time is really what what i need yeah so, yep yeah how long how long are you planning on being there you think uh probably another four or five years four or five so years we'll be, oh yeah we've been about five years almost already you got yeah you got plenty of time plenty of time to build it up i thought you were thinking like just 12 months dude oh no no, no, no four no. four or five years yeah you should you should have a a really profitable sustainable business by then um, yeah. no, no problem at all. No problem at all. Well, man, we've got, uh, let's see here. I don't know how many people we have coming and going, but we have quite a few people that have hopped on the live chat. Ask, ask a question. We can let some of them answer. I'll give some feedback and we'll, we'll wrestle with some of the problems that you're going through too. Okay. Thank you. Um, so my first question is, is what do you consider a reasonable wage for labor for an average market? Uh, I know that all the markets are completely different, but I was, um, for instance, I know you saw one of my jobs, I think like a cleanup job, mm-hmm. uh, I like $150 for that. And then when I was done, I was like, bro, $150 was a little too much. And I was out there for about, uh, probably like eight man hours. So, cause I'm by myself. Okay. So I you, was you were saying $150 is too much. I, it didn't feel like enough. Oh yeah. 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 Definitely but, not. But I, but I was thinking when I first got there, okay, I, I don't really have a name. So I kind of want to cut myself a little short and I ended up biting it on that one. Yeah. Um, so that's why I was curious about what do you consider a reasonable wage? Hmm. So there's many different ways we can, we can go at this question and attack it. Um, okay. the first thing I want to say is 
you need to never sell yourself short again. If somebody's hiring you for a service, you need to take enough pride and have enough confidence to know you're going to do it better than them, more efficient than them, and there's a reason they're hiring you. So never go into a job because in the beginning, I used to almost want it so bad that I was apologetic about it. I would just I would just try to get it at all cost. And then now I'm doing work just to do work, and it's not even that profitable. Um, so just like you said, you shoot yourself in the foot. Here's the, here's the misconception, though, for a lot of people. It's not about what man hour you should choose whenever you're starting out. Um, if, you're just a, if you're one solo guy, what happens is most people look at their previous job as an indicator of what they're going to charge today. So say you're making 10 bucks an hour or 12 bucks an hour somewhere, you come over here and you mow a lawn for $35, you think that's pretty good. You think, hey, I'm making 12 an hour over here. I just charged 35. Shoot, I'm almost making three times as much as as I did at my hourly job. Problem is that's not true. You factor in gas. You factor in repairs, maintenance, and breakdowns on your mower over time. You factor in what if I don't want to mow this lawn in a couple of years and I hire somebody to do it? I'm going to have to factor in that guy's cost into my price as well. Um, you factor in time, gas, and then guess what? You start becoming a legitimate business. You've got insurance. You've got taxes. You've got all the overhead with it. So never say to yourself, what should I charge hourly? Because okay. that is that is always going to link you back to – so. Hopefully, I'm not rambling too much, but the best indication of the future is what? The past. So, when you look at your past, you're looking at only the hourly job that you had. So, what I want you to do is rather than do that, just say, how much margin do I want to make? I would love to make 40% profit. So, what you're going to do is factor in all those expenses and your time and then back into your price that way. So if you're like, hey, every job I do, I want to be making 40% profit. So if I bill a client out 100 bucks, after all my expenses, I want to make sure that I'm keeping 40 of that. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes. Um, and also put in somebody else's time because you are getting ready to run a business that you need to sell to somebody else. So when a potential buyer comes in, If they want to buy it and have somebody else run it, it needs to be profitable enough where they can purchase it and put somebody else in place. So rather than account for your time on the lawn, account for the time that it's going to take somebody else to do that. You feel me? And then that that way, when you add another crew, your pricing is already set at that rate. Okay. Make sense? Yeah, I like that. Cause I, I was thinking about that too. Um, cause I listened to you and then there's another one called, uh, lawn business or school or something like that. He's like a young guy in Oregon. And, uh, I was, he was saying the same thing and in my, my mind, I was like, okay, so what does that look like? So mm-hmm. he gave me real practical advice because, um, I'm also like, a am on the board of directors at a school here, a Christian school, mm-hmm. and I'm the treasurer. And so we run nonprofits completely different than profit. Yeah. So, that's the, for me, it's like, I'm trying to find the right number, but I know I'm not going to be perfect. So I really appreciate you saying that. Yep. yep. You won't be perfect. So, uh, just so you know, I, when I started green again lawn, probably my fourth or fifth job, 
was a massive landscaping job. And okay. even worse, it was for a friend of a friend. So, like, I knew this guy. And I just got, bro, I got taken to the cleaners. Like, I, he, yeah. was, he was doing, like, add-on stuff. He's like, well, actually, I want to add rock here. And I want to add metal edging here. And I want to go and clean out this. And so each time, I was just like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And so we're doing it. And then at the end, I never got paid for the extra work. I just had to eat. I just had to eat the cost. Um, yeah. So I, it's not like I've done it perfect. I know that feeling where you're just like, you're so excited that you have work and like you're in business that you forget that you actually have to make some freaking money. Yeah, man. Yeah. And that's what's happening because, you know, I'm getting a lot of calls and I'm getting, so I went to one job uh, and I, I'm going to go back and I'm going to tell her, yeah, but I almost thought about not doing it because I know I don't have the right equipment. So I went to go look at it to see because she wants me to get up in a in a big maple tree mm. or uh, not a maple tree. What do you call it? An oak tree. Yeah. And it's pretty tall. It's probably about 50 feet, 50, 60 feet up there. And she wants me to top it. Mm. And I was like, well, I have a bucket truck and I don't have insurance. And so I was really thinking about it. But, of course, she's a family friend. So you're like, okay, I'll figure it out. I'll get to it. No, so, so here's. Here's what you here's what you do. If I can give you a little piece of advice. I, I okay. made that mistake early on, too. So you. You're chasing all this business, and in your first two years, you just kind of have to take anything you can get to survive. So what happens is you do wind up in that spot a lot, like, oh, I just sold this job, but maybe it is. Maybe I did bite off a little more than I can chew. Now is the perfect time for you to go to make a relationship with a subcontractor. So go find somebody who does tree work and does it at a level that you can't do, but may have some services that you can offer them as well. Say, hey, I would love to make this a kind of a, a back and forth referral thing. I'm going to refer you this job. I've got a lady. I already closed it down. Um, and now you can start to network with some other people. So rather than lose that job, not make any money, um, you can make some money, make a connection, and hopefully do a good enough job where she starts to refer some people to you because of that job and the subcontractor will now start communicating referrals back and forth with you as well. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I got a, I got on that track with my neighbor. He has a post hole digger and out here oh, we nice. got coal. Yeah. Out here we have coal rock. So if you're about five feet or five to 10 feet from the footers, you're hitting straight coal rock because this was all under the ocean at one point. So oh, I, nice. I had to, I, by, by not by a uh, choice, but like I had to do it. I had to go reach out to the guy next door and say, hey, man, can I? Can you do some work for me? And I'm trying to figure that out, too, because I'm looking for a guy. If you're going to put stuff in the ground, I don't have insurance, so you should have insurance, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait yep. a minute. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. That's exactly. Cool. Uh, and then my other question was, uh, well, we kind of hit on it. So I'm trying everything in the lawn care business, and I just wanted – I was really wondering, am I shooting myself in the foot doing that? Cause I was listening to a couple of your podcasts and you were giving some direction to guys that were obviously a lot further along than me. And you were saying, Hey, find some specialty. Don't be a, if you're going to be a jack of all trades, find something that you're really good at. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what I've been constant when I'm out there, I'm thinking about the advice you're giving those guys. And I'm like, what do I really want to get good at? Yep. You know, I'm always thinking of that next step. Uh, but I don't know. What, what do you think? We kind of really talked about it, but that's a, that's a really good question, man. Um, so each case is different. Um, but the one thing I can tell you is every small business has to survive off of cash. So yeah. in your first couple of years, man, it's just a land grab. 
Sometimes you just have to go down and chase as much cash as you can, get it in the door because that's the oxygen that keeps that thing running. Um, businesses, it's funny, businesses either fail because they grew too quickly, right? And they didn't have the systems to manage it or they simply didn't have enough cash on hand. So when you hear stats like 50% of all businesses fail within the first five years, it's usually one of those two. They do grew too quickly and could not manage it. They didn't have good systems or leadership in place to manage it or they just didn't have enough cash. So when you hear me talk about that, yes, it's true, but there is a time where you have to just take whatever you can. Um, I'll be the first one to tell you, I did I did everything in the first three years. So I did mowing, I slung mulch, I did landscaping jobs, I did tree removal of like smaller trees where I wasn't worried about insurance. Um, I did tree trimming of smaller trees again, hedge trimming, um, shoot, I cleaned out a dude's garage for him. He was like, yeah. Hey, I, my garage needs cleaned up. I went there thinking like, Oh, it's going to be like a normal garage. Nah, this dude, he, had, he hadn't cleaned it in what looked like a decade. Um, yeah. so for 150 bucks, I cleaned his garage. Um, so you have to, you have to do that. You have to just go out, chase the revenue, get it in the door. Now, once you start to develop some contacts and get a contact list and you start to realize, okay, I've got maybe 40 people. I'm mowing for them. I'm doing recurring maintenance. That's when you start to dial in on some more profitable services. Does that make sense? That, yeah. That's when you can start to dial in. I don't, I don't know what that's going to look like in your area. Honestly, I haven't talked to a ton of guys, but I, I can imagine there's probably routine landscape maintenance that you can do you know bed bed cleanups and kind of like it is here right yeah there's a lot of like um a lot of routine a lot of like algae cleanup moss cleanup like because it's like swampy That's so nice. you're constantly getting rid of junk yeah e- even in winter time we got we got weird stuff growing in the winter time you know and so i'm really hoping because i got a press i started off originally as a pressure washer to be honest uh, because I noticed everyone's houses were were you know filthy, so I was like, well, let me just come over and scrub. Oh, bro, and that's then, so good. That's that that's routine. Yeah. That's that's your that's your equity. That's your recurring cash flow. Set that up as a program. Set, a program, okay. Set set that up as wh- whatever ten ten washing yard program is a pressure wash in the spring, routine algae clean. I don't know what it's going to look like, but three or four different things so that you're there bi-weekly, monthly, whatever it looks like and that's recurring repeatable cash flow. That's where your that's where your equity is going to come in. Bro, if you've got yeah. a list of 100 people that are signed up to do that for a full year contract and you do that for 3 or 4 years repeatable, whenever you bounce back to Arizona, I promise yeah. you you'll be able to sell the business. Yeah, and that and that's what I'm wanting to do. Um so you ever heard of the show Golden Girls? You know Golden Girls, right? You have to know Golden Girls. Uh, you heard? Oh man! Uh-uh. Oh man! What is that, it on? It's it, it's like old stuff, like from the nineties. Okay, so, okay. It's on Disneyland, but well, so this this is going to be irrelevant then. But is it the older? Is it the older chicks that look like like one of them's wearing like a wig or something? Yeah, the three old ladies. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. So oh my so gosh, they're, Steven's they're... referencing Golden Girls. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so they're actually uh, their show is placed out of an like a very high end community out here in Florida called Coconut Grove. 
okay. uh, Palmetto area. And I actually, my first job uh, I got in Palmetto Bay, and that family's awesome. They keep giving me work. Uh, and so I'm really, yeah, he told me he's going to pass my name around out there uh, yep. to his neighbors. So one of his neighbors approached me when I was out there, and I was looking at his roof, and I was telling him, like, hey, your roof's a little, like, you know, a little dirty. I didn't, I didn't know how to tell him the night. I was like, your roof's a little dirty. I can clean that up. And so I think I sold him the job, and my friend's teaching me how to do it. Mm. It's all about, yeah, so landscaping, a lot of the landscapers out here, they have pressure washing. So when it slows down, since we don't have snow, our version of snow is cleaning up the algae, washing the algae off. Yeah. So I'm really hoping that'll be um, a big revenue base. And then um, something else I was thinking about, too, to keep constant cash flow is gutter cleanup because uh, algae is always growing in there, um, all yep. kinds of debris gets in there. And cutting the grass, even though it's slower, yep. I really want to um, aerate, aeration and seeding. Yep. But I the license, an applicator's license, and out here, uh, you have to like shadow someone for a year or two, so that kind of slows me down. You have so to I have a pick, license to do seeding. Yeah, because they call it an application, if I remember correctly, because I was a little thrown off too. Hmm. So because they 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 say that seeding has some kind of a chemical or something. It's uh, it, the program is based out of University of Florida, so okay. I could have understood them. But you needed an applicator's license from from what I know for a fact for weed killer, and then it also seemed like it came under the seeding part too. Okay. So it was. Okay. It was a little. I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna text you. Uh, I'm gonna text him first to make sure it's okay. Um, but my father-in-law works at PBI Gordon, which is a chemical company. One of his reps is down somewhere by the Keys, um, oh, cool. and he's lived in Florida for a long time. So I'd love for you guys to meet up. He did say that Florida's pesticide stuff is pretty strenuous and pretty strict. Um, But I'm going to have him reach out. Uh, His name's Matt Ayala, and he works for PBI Gordon as well. So I'm going to link the two of you guys up and just pick his brain. And then that way you can just like vet and make sure. Because on stuff like that, I would hate for you to miss out on revenue and come to find out like you could have done it all along. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah, he he's a super super good good guy. He's a he's a diver. Um just had his first kids, first son, but super super good guy. Man, Steven, you know, bro, you're going to you're going to win. I'm like I'm pumped up right now for you. Like you're you're an exciting dude to talk to. Um Thanks. You're Thanks. you're hard working, you're smart, you're driven. Um but what's cool is like you're you're really easy to talk to, you communicate well and this is what I try to tell guys. You're you're going to be selling a service, so you got to do it intelligently. You got to structure programs to where you can add value, but selling is just it's a relationship. So I can tell right now you are quick at building rapport, you're really good at building relationships, and that selling is just an exchange of trust. So yes, we're asking somebody to get their like their work, but in exchange like you're giving, you're giving trust. And so the quicker that you can build those relationships, build trust, that's where the exchange of value happens. Um, and so I just want to brag on you because if anybody's out there like watching this and hearing Steven, you're, you're going to kill it, man. Cause you're, you, you can build trust quickly. And I, I know you're going to help a lot of people. Thank you. I appreciate that. My mom would love to hear that. I, uh, I was always in trouble for not communicating clearly, so I had to learn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I yeah, clearly and then quickly. You also communicate quickly and effectively, so that that helps too, man. That helps cool. too. Um, let me let me jot down here in the comments. Uh, 
see if anybody has any questions. Any questions? Steven, while we're on here. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm pumped up for you, bro. I'm pumped up. Um, what else? Do you, do you have another question or you want to go over other, well, other details? Well, actually you kind of hit on it. Um, is cause, so I'm always wanting to know what are some practical strategies to find success? Uh, just cause I guess I didn't explain this part well, well enough either, but uh, not only do I want to sell the business here, but I would like to try to keep my brand here and almost like make it like a franchise. That would okay. be a really, really cool dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I really want to create a business uh, that in, that invests like what you, that's why I was really drawn to your podcast because you invest in your employees. I don't know your guys, but I feel like I know Tiago because of your, your business. I don't <laughs> yeah, know why. Yeah, exactly. Tiago's, Tiago's on here, man. We, we need oh, to, cool. Tiago, cool. request to join. Let's get you on here. If you're that's still really watching. Cool. Yeah, so okay, yeah. so you you wanna you wanna invest in the guys, make sure they have a good life. Yeah, and so like when I go from Florida to Arizona, the idea is I wanna continue to do that. I wanna have a business. Um, I work in ministry, so I work with a lot of kids that are inner city and a lot of the a lot of the time they just need opportunities. And I don't really wanna be the place where they retire, but I would love to be a place where I'm growing and they're growing. Yeah. And so the the brand I want it to be a lot more than just land. Needs to find success. Yeah. So, yep. uh, whatever that looks like, uh, I was. I really. Sorry, bud. You broke up for a second. Somebody called me while you were doing oh, no that, problem. so I missed the last part of that. Oh no problem. So I was wondering, um, um, on that thought, what are some practical strategies to find success? Because it's not like. I don't want people to think or you to think that I just want to build the business, sell it and move on. Like I want to build the business and I want it to be a business that lasts a lifetime. Like something I can leave my, my kids, uh, something that my wife and I can, you know, be 50 years old and still be involved in the business um, while enjoying life. You know, that's mm. a way later to think, but that's kind of the way I'm thinking, you know? So no, that's good. What are some pra- yeah. What are some practical strategies I can do now to set up some good building blocks for later? That's good. That's good. Um, I would and that's say a big question. it is a it is a big <laughs> question. I think, and this is I mean you got to take everything I say with a grain of salt because I'm still I'm still learning I'm still growing and I've done I've done so much wrong, bro. Like so much wrong. But I think if your if your default setting can just be like always caring always caring for the other person, always caring for your clients, that sets the best that sets the best fundamental or if the best principle, the best foundation to build your business on. Like if you truly care deeply about your clients, well then when you hire your first guy, he's going to see, hey Steven, like he cares deeply. He may not always do the best job cuz he's learning a new craft or a new trade or maybe he truly messed up but he truly cares he tries to go back and fix it he communicates to the client um they there's a foul up in the bill and they they received an invoice that they didn't know that they were like signed up for well he just deleted it and provided that service for free like if you start a foundation of just truly caring for your clients that's going to filter into the next guy and the next guy and the next guy and now they care deeply about your clients and then as you okay. as you get a team around you, 
caring deeply for each person, truly, like what's truly best for you here at this company, or man, what's truly best if you have to leave this company? That's just a that's just a good foundation. Now, your version of success is going to be different than other people's. What you just described to me is a version of impact rather than quick profit, and that takes time. Yeah. That takes time. If we were just saying, "Hey, in four years we want to build this thing up, get out of it, and make some money," that's that's a little different. You still need to truly care about people, but you're also worried about that bottom line very, very heavily. But if this yeah, is if yeah. this if you're in this for the long haul, man, truly caring about people, you can't ever go wrong. Yeah, and that's what I recognize um, <clears throat> is like you know doing church planting. Uh, I came out here just for backstory, like I did not know anything about the Bible. I came kind of just like under a mentor, and I really learned about God. And what I learned really fast was this. Uh, it takes five years for people to really trust you. Mm. And so I, I know that it's going to take a long time um, to, to get to get to the business to the point to where uh, not only do my clients trust me, but I really care if the people I'm working with trust me. Because mm. my clients, like I said, I think naturally they'll see that I care. And that's just a natural byproduct. But when I'm building this business with, with a good foundation, I want it to be a team of winners. Even if even if you work for me for six months, I want you to know that I cared about you. You know, yeah. so. Uh, but cool. yeah, that was the. That was the dream. And then actually I have another another question too. So I kind of have a my own thought, but I don't know if it's correct. So I want to eventually get a zero turn uh, stand-up mower. Uh, right now I have a push mower. Uh, I have a weed eater. Like I don't really want to talk about equipment because I know that just comes naturally. Mm -hmm. But I want it so, um, so I make right now, after I told you all this money, I make like after taxes $10,000 a year. Mm -hmm. So it's like tight. Yep. And then my wife... My wife got married to me and she like made me really rich, right? She's a teacher now. <laughs> uh, so, 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 so now I'm trying to be smart about, you know, the next move. So we're just pouring everything that we make back into the business uh, to buy equipment. And so I guess my question is, and I think I know the answer in my mind, but I wanted to see what you thought. Um, the right time to buy equipment, I would assume, is when I actually need it, right? Like when I'm at the point to where I'm barely making the end of the day. Uh, wouldn't you consider that when you buy the equipment or is it kind of on a case-to-case basis? Yes, 100%. Like, make sure that you have to have it unless okay. you have the job sold. So okay. don't don't just go buy, out and buy a new piece of equipment because it's instantly going to make your life easier. Go out and buy a piece of equipment because it's instantly going to make you more profit. And make you more efficient. Okay. Now, if you 100% know that it's going to make you efficient enough to sell more and it increases your capacity and then you get more top line, go buy that piece of equipment. But in the beginning, you've got to make sure you 100% know Stephen can go out and get that work or if it's already on the books. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, because all my equipment I've got, I've only spent $400. Everything else is given to me for free. Yeah. And so God gave everything like at the right time. I got a suburban three quarter ton yep. free, uh, not a riding lawnmower free. I got all this stuff for free. Uh, now everything is barely like the suburban's really nice, but everything else is held barely together and it's just enough to make cash. So I was just yep. curious because out here where I live, it's really homestead Redland. So it's like, uh, like I was thinking about going out there for the Instagram live, but now that I have Crow and I couldn't, but I wanted to Instagram live you from like the back side of the Everglades because we live right there. Oh, so everyone cool. out here, is bridge. Yeah, 
And so I know that if I got a, a good mower, I could sell like nonstop on acreage um, property. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other problem out here in South Florida is, is I'm a little afraid to take the risk, honestly, because I'm competing with a lot of, a lot of guys. Um, and I guess like I heard you say it one time in a podcast where um, you don't really, I think it was you. Yeah. Where you don't really want to compete for, you're not really competing. You're selling yourself. You're not selling your business. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if I communicated that correctly, but like a lot of guys out here are from, they're like me. They're all my Brown brothers, Guatemalan, Salvadorians. We're all from all over, but America, right? I'm mm-hmm. from America, but everyone from everywhere. Yep. And so everyone side hustle. And so I'm always worried that if I go get a nice piece of equipment, I might sell the job and then someone might come by and, you know, underbid me. Yep. So, but you pretty much answered my question, but it's a little, it can be a little don't, difficult, I think. Yeah, but don't, don't get too caught up on what they're doing. Um, there's, okay. there's always going to be people that try to come in and underbid you. And that's the relationship piece. We, we say it all the time. It's always harder to fire somebody you're friends with. So that's on you to make sure that they don't fire you and go with bro, bro up the street just because it's 10 bucks less. Like that's, okay. that's part of your job to make sure you're adding enough perceived value in other places to make sure they want to go with Steven they know you like you trust you and guess what i'm signed up for his his 1010 clean program and you're not going to do that for me you're just going to cut the grass so you got to make sure you add right. enough value but um, if you feel like you can go out and sell the jobs sell the jobs go sell them okay I, right now in my opinion it's not an equipment issue you just need the sales in the door it's a lot easier okay. to go out and buy a piece of equipment when you've got 10 plus acre properties that you've got to go tend to just go buy the, go buy the mower, you know? Okay. Okay. I would, cool. Yeah. You, you want to make sure that you, you do that correctly. And I always increase capacity, capacity, capacity all the way to where I can't manage it. And then either sub it out for a week while you get your ducks in a row and get the mower or just figure out a way to get it done. Okay, cool. Yep. Okay. Thank you. I got, um, yeah, I got right, a, yeah. I got a question here for you. Looks like all blades responded to my comment. He said, what's the first step you're going to take to better your business once you get off this live? Me. Um, well, what I'm going to do is I just got my um, business cards just came in. So I'm going to go knock on people's doors. Mm. Um, once I find out I'm not, you know, asymptomatic. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go around and knock on people's doors and really um, offer my services. Uh, I'm a little hesitant, honestly, a lot of times just because I'm afraid of the, you know, failure. Yep. Um, I've always been like, but I'm going to go out there and just hit the doors. Uh, that's what I'm going to do next. Uh, I, I'm a really, I'm kind of a guy where I write stuff down. Yep. And so you were on my list for today. And then uh, this week, whenever I find out that I'm good, I'm going to go out and just hit the doors. Yep. That's what I guess that's, my next step. That's cool, man. That's cool. What's your What's your sales pitch? What are you going with? Have you thought about it? Knock, knock, yeah. knock. They open the door. What do you say? I want to say, hey, my name is Peter Martinez, a newly formed family business. My wife and I just got married a year ago. We're looking to get on our feet. Uh, she's a teacher. I work at, the, at a school called Redland Christian Academy. We're heavily involved in the community. Uh, we're trying to create a business that not only creates cash revenue for, revenue for us, but also invest in the community that you live in. So cool. I'm really looking to, yeah, I'm really looking to uh, pitch, not necessarily my work, but pitch the whole idea with the work. So That's cool. That's um, cool. 
Yeah. I love it, man. I love it. Yeah. You're, you're going to build, you're going to build some commonalities where they can relate with you really quickly. Just know on door to door, you got about five seconds and they're judging you. So you've got five seconds, they're judging you and they're either going to shut the door or they're going to hear you out. So sometimes you might have to throw in like some, like I'll just throw in a random comment just to make them like get off guard or make them answer something. So a lot of times I'll lead in like, Hey, my name's Britt. I'm going to leave you a quote. If I'm getting the vibe that they're going to just slam the door and they're like, uh, quote for what? And now you've, now you've got them hooked and you kind of engage them in a conversation. Yeah. I like that episode you had where you like walked around for like an hour or something, just recording your, your yeah. engagements on the door. Yeah. That, that's what got hyped. I was like, okay, so you're not the only guy like me that just brings up random stuff, you know, kind of like, Oh, I, like, I remember you brought up a lot of times you noticed their teams and you, you bring it like, Hey, I noticed you're a X, Y, and Z fan. I yep. noticed that was, that was smooth. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Any, any way to relate with them and that, that comes from the book, uh, how to build, how to win friends and influence people. And he talks about one of the quickest way to create rapport is to find a commonality. So if we can find anything in common, you know, now, now Steven and Britt are a little more connected. So hopefully, hopefully that helps you, man. But we, we, we did a lot of door to door. My, my wife and I, when we first started, we did it alone. We would go out. She was hanging quotes. She was answering the phone, sending out marketing stuff. And I was door knocking and it was, uh, it was a grind. We, we still do door to door. It's just now we, we switched it to where it's a numbers game. We're putting the quote on a really, really well-crafted bifold brochure, but we, we still, yeah, last year we still door knocked. So we would do brochures up until people got home at about 3.30 or 4 and then door knock till dark. So it's just, you just keep, keep okay. hustling. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's I the other thing. Go- Make sure you do it when you know people are going to be home, you know, after school or. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's actually uh, another way I'm going to try to build a business too to answer that question. Since I'm connected with the school, uh, I work there Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and so we have a lot of families there. And so I'm gonna, you know, I already have a relationship with most of them, so I'm really hoping to just, you know, use them to reach other people as well. Because that's how people that found me. I asked them, I said, "How'd you find out about me?" And they said, "Oh, my friend knows you." And I was like, "Who's your friend?" And they would tell me their friend, and I'd be, I wouldn't want to be rude. I'm like, "Oh yeah," but I can't remember them at all. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, cool. Okay, <laughs> yeah. tell them yeah. I said what's up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's really cool. That's cool, man. Um, and then, uh, someone has a question. Um, have I tried Facebook ads? That's the first thing I saw. And that was actually going to be my next question, um, to you is I did try Facebook, uh, and I'm noticing, um, I was able to target like a specific group of people in the specific neighborhoods I want to hit. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed success with you with Facebook ads or is it kind of just every market is a little different? Yeah, we, we do Facebook ads. Now, the return isn't what we want to get, but we view, we view all social media as branding. And so as many times as we can get in front of somebody, as many times as we can be on their radar, that's what we want for Green Again. What's crazy is most of the time it is just consumed. 
there has been so, and we've been doing social media steady for a while through Green Again, but there's so many times I will just go to a birthday party or a church event and they'll be like, oh my gosh, Tiago cracked me up on that last story where he did the voiceover thing or, and I was like, dude, I didn't even know that you watched our videos. Like, why don't you ever hit like? He's like, oh, I, I don't know, but you guys cracked me up. And so we're just viewing it as a, as a one-on-one transaction. We're viewing it as a door knock. And that's not the way social media works. What, what I view it as, it's, it's, a very, it's a very long close for a small return on investment, but the branding is just the snowball gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And eventually, when that thing starts rolling downhill, you start to get pull from all of your social outlets. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. It's it's a little harder to explain because everybody wants like door to door. I know my return on investment brochures. I know I'm getting 1.25 percent return on every brochure that we put out. But with yeah. Facebook and social media in general, I just view that as heavy, heavy branding. Okay. And that's okay. that's a you have to you have to do that because if you focus too much on on Facebook ads and your return on investment from a Facebook ad, you're you're not playing the long game of business. Okay, I understand. Okay, yeah, that's what uh. When I put it out there, it was showing me like literally like, you know, my return on investment, like how much I spend to click and it's like 49 cents, yep. you know, and it, yep. I was thinking like it's really going to pay off. Uh, and then actually, uh, I think my wife said, well, you're, you're probably just getting, you're literally just paying for a billboard is all you're doing. So yeah, yeah. Well, on the right- but, but, but Facebook <laughs> ads do work and, and, and where else can you reach that mass amount of people that quickly all blades just piped in here again and said try to get in private groups that's a really really good idea so any you there hello hello you there yeah sorry, sorry. Say it again. yeah so i was just saying yeah any any local groups that you can get plugged into swap and talks local contracting groups i mean you're gonna you're gonna have a lot especially being in the school district and stuff you don't have to go in there and pepper them with information all day, every day, but you can add value. You can leave tips and at least make your presence known. Um, don't, don't be ashamed either to, to promote yourself, especially within your church, within your network, uh, being, being in the education field with your wife, make sure that everybody knows what the Martinez family does. Do not be, do not be ashamed of that. You're not begging. You're it's, it's just good for everybody to know, like, hey, if I'm going to go with a lawn care company, I would have loved to go with you. So don't don't be ashamed of that. But man, hey, I gotta I gotta hop off here and keep at it, bro. It's been fun chatting with you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, man. Uh, let me know if I can help you in any other way. Let's stay in touch. I will. I'll send you that guy Matt Ayala's number. Um, let me reach out to him first and see if he's okay uh, contacting you. Okay, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Cool, man. God bless. Hey, guys. That is a wrap on yet another episode of the Lawn Care Leaders Podcast. Thanks again for letting us hang out with you, and we appreciate you hanging out with us. Please subscribe, leave us a rating and review. And if you found this at all helpful, please help us by sharing the podcast. 
And uh, we wish that you would continue this conversation. If you want to chat it up about some topic that happened or maybe you have further questions, you can find us over on Instagram, Facebook. Um, We're going to be posting YouTube and uh, LinkedIn content as well. So you can find us on almost any platform. And if you'd like to further uh, grow your business or find out more information about Intentional Growth Advisors or one of our other show sponsors, feel free to click the link in the show notes and you can see those there again guys thank you so much for joining us and we will be back with you again shortly